Welcome to the Brain Health Podcast, where we discuss cutting-edge science to help you maximize your brain function while aiming to slow, stop, and even reverse symptoms of cognitive decline. I'm your host, Dr. Jonah Yackel. Hi, and welcome to today's show. We are going to be talking about the ketogenic diet, one of my absolute favorite subjects, in part because of the effect that it has had in my own life. But of course, we're putting all of this in context of brain health. So uh, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Jonah Yackel. And let's just get right into this. Let's talk about the ketogenic diet. And of course, I mean, it's been a huge fad. Like this has been gaining in popularity. Uh, certainly you've heard of it by now. And what is all the craze? Why, why are people getting into the ketogenic diet? And, but I think the first thing that's probably worthwhile pointing out, I don't really actually consider the ketogenic diet a diet per se. Like a ketogenic diet, it is really based in chemistry. There's nothing new about this diet. It's not a new concept. Now, yes, in the last 100 years, and yeah, in fact, it goes back 100 years when they were doing research on a ketogenic diet and seizures, which was our first glimpse into how a ketogenic diet can actually change the brain and change brain function. But ketosis has existed since we as humans have been alive. And I mean, really, probably since mammals, quite frankly. And it's really just based off how our body utilizes energy. And, you know, the standard American diet is really based off of a typically a high carb. Well, it tends to be high carb and high fat is the honest truth. I mean, it's a complete recipe for disaster, the, the, the standard American diet. But essentially, our body can burn two different forms of uh, sources of fuel, essentially. Our body can burn carbohydrates for fuel And as we go through today's conversation, I am going to be using a carbohydrate and sugar. I'm going to be using those terms interchangeably because essentially they're the same thing. A a carbohydrate is a sugar. A sugar is a carbohydrate. Are there different types? Absolutely. We don't need to get into the complexities of that necessarily in today's conversation. But so, so our body can burn a sugar or a carbohydrate for fuel. So that's one form of fuel. The other form of fuel is fat. So we're either burning fat for fuel or we're burning sugar for fuel, carbohydrates. Now, they burn very, very different. And essentially, when we're talking about burning carbohydrates for fuel, I would liken this a little bit to like burning, um, you know, if you were trying to, 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 to fuel a bonfire and the equivalent of fueling the body with carbs would be fueling a bonfire essentially with leaves. Like you can actually get quite a big uh, fire going just like, you know, in the body, it's like you eat enough carbs, you, you're providing a tremendous amount of uh, resources for energy. But the problem is, is it's incredibly inefficient. So it is going to burn fast and furious and then it's gonna collapse. So when we're utilizing carbohydrates as a fuel source, we're constantly having to put more and more leaves on, so to speak. This is why essentially we develop, one of the reasons we develop cravings on, uh, you know, on our current diet is because if we go too long without carbohydrates, our body runs out of fuel and we have to keep going back and giving it more. And in fact, this is a little bit about how they manage 
diabetics when their body is no longer capable of utilizing these carbs appropriately like they have to be eating consistently they can't go very long without eating more carbohydrates just in order to continue to fuel the body with energy providing the body with energy so yeah it can be done and it can actually be done well it's just not very efficient and as a further note just like when we drive our car and we burn gasoline there is going to be an exhaust like it creates um, an exhaust and our body essentially does the same thing so when we eat when we break down whether we're breaking down carbohydrates or fats we create our own exhaust like there are there are byproducts of burning that fuel so to speak so when we burn carbohydrates for fuel well it just so happens that many of the byproducts are very inflammatory so by their nature burning carbohydrates can be an inflammatory process now on the other hand when we're looking at a ketogenic diet well it works very different so we can only go into ketosis so uh, essentially we are either burning sugar for fuel or we're burning fat for fuel now in the absence of sugar so if we go on a low carb a sugar restricted diet well our body is going to be forced into burning fat for fuel so again when given the option our body's always going to choose sugar and carbs first it's just easier it's it's more efficient it's easier to do but mind you anything that's left over just get stored as fat so this idea that fat makes us fat is not at all accurate in fact carbohydrates in excess get turned into fat in our body and this is what a triglyceride is essentially so for those of you who are familiar with your cardiovascular panels and dealing with high triglycerides well triglycerides are one and first and foremost they're very high put us at high risk of a heart attack and stroke and a triglyceride is the measurement of a carbohydrate being turned into fat in our body so eating too many carbohydrates we're going to burn some for fuel that we need the rest that's left over we're going to store that for fat now on the other hand in the absence of these carbohydrates our body is forced into burning fat for fuel now the upside to this is that it's a little bit more like instead of using a bunch of leaves on a bonfire now we're throwing giant logs on the fire it is incredibly efficient fat can burn slow and it can burn for a long period of time so you actually don't need nearly as much fuel in order to keep this bonfire or our body going so instead of you know constantly having to pile on throwing in more sugar more carbs more leaves into the fire now we're just throwing large logs in there and so this is one of the great benefits that a lot of people speak of when they talk about a ketogenic diet is the fact that oftentimes cravings go away now that doesn't happen overnight so anybody who's jumping on the bandwagon and who's ready to give this a shot you know there's some tricks of the trade to get through the first month and in fact it is on average it's typically takes about four to six weeks to fully convert from a sugar or carb burning machine into a highly efficient fat burning machine so i mean there there's a little bit of a transition it doesn't just instantly happen 
So the first month can be fairly uncomfortable. And maybe you've even heard of people talking about things like a ketogenic flu, which essentially just are the symptoms that emerge. One, as our electrolytes get kind of dysregulated or out of balance. So it's just really important that we make sure we're getting plenty of minerals uh, on what, while we're doing a ketogenic diet, especially in the beginning. And two, I think a lot of these symptoms that come up and, you know, keto flu. So we're talking, maybe you're feeling a little lightheaded, you're fatigued, upset stomach, maybe you're just general malaise, like kind of feeling sick. Like that would be symptoms or signs of an electrolyte imbalance that can come with the transition. But the second thing I was alluding to is that we will actually quite literally many of us who are used to eating a standard American diet, we're going to experience some withdrawal symptoms coming off the sugar. So that also is going to lend to a tremendous amount of irritability and um, anxiety potentially. So it's just really important that when we do this, we're aware of what we're getting into, knowing that some of these side effects are, are possibly going to happen. They will not last forever. And it's great to have like a solution, like, okay, when I start feeling this way, what do I do? And these are all things that we talk about in our Brain Plus program and, and various other things and that I you know work with when I'm working one-on-one -on -one with clients as well. But essentially, so we're converting over into this fat-based fuel system. Now, arguably, our ancestors were actually designed and mostly lived in this state. And, and I know that there's differing opinions here, but I think the bottom line is that we haven't always had nearly the kind of access to foods that we have now. Like we just don't have the, the easy, we can't go to the grocery store and like getting all of these carbohydrates. So our access to sugar is, is was significantly reduced for our ancestors. I mean, maybe in their heyday, they got their hands on some fruit or something, but I mean, even current studies, have gone on to show that even just 200 years ago, 200 years ago, the average American consumed about two pounds worth of sugar per year. So over the course of an entire year, they would consume about a pound of sugar. Well, the average American today is estimated to consume about 160 pounds of sugar per year. So a massive, massive increase. And in fact, when you break those numbers down, the average American consumes more sugar in about a week than our ancestors did in a year. It's, it's no wonder that this diet doesn't work. So when people like to make the argument, it's like, well, you know, everything in moderation. Well, how, how do you quantify moderation when our ancestors were eating two pounds of sugar per year? compared to our 160 pounds of sugar per year. So even if you were to cut your sugar intake in half, so now you're doing 80 pounds a year, that's still not in moderation based off what our body was designed to do and how we're designed to burn fuel. So our bodies, our ancestors' bodies were designed to burn fat for fuel. It's incredibly efficient. Now, the one of the major benefits of this, and this is where the name comes from, and this is why I don't really like to refer to it as a diet, so to speak, but essentially, when we burn fat for fuel, we, there is a byproduct that is created, and that byproduct is called a ketone body, hence the ketogenic diet. So when we eat fat and we utilize fat for fuel, maybe I should put it that way, not so much that we're necessarily eating fat, but when, when we restrict carbohydrates, 
on a low carb diet, which puts our body in, into a fat burning state. So we become a fat burning machine, so to speak. Well, now our body starts creating an abundance of these ketones, which it cannot make when we're eating carbohydrates. Now, this is where things get really interesting when it comes to the ketogenic diet. Now, for starters, it's been shown that being on a ketogenic diet can begin to mimic a fasting state for the human body. And it just so happens that when our body is in a fasting state, energy gets shunted towards healing and repairing. So there is great upside to fasting. And in fact, we will be talking about intermittent fasting at a later date because it's such an important part of the puzzle when it comes to brain health. But essentially, when we go into this fasting state, our body goes, goes into all of these different pathways that are supportive of healing and repairing. And one of those things that it does is it actually increases the production of mitochondria in our body. And certainly you've heard of mitochondria, maybe it's been a long time, but the mitochondria is often known as the powerhouse of the cell because it essentially creates energy. And many of today's chronic illnesses, research is showing that many of these are the result, at least the symptoms are often resulting from a reduced production or re reduced amount of mitochondria in the body. So we just aren't making enough energy for the body to function optimally, which of course rolls over into us feeling tired and feeling fatigued to begin with. But that aside, it just means we're not necessarily healing. So going into this fasting state increases mitochondrial production, which increases our body's natural production of energy. So right there, people are oftentimes going to benefit from a ketogenic diet. Furthermore, a ketones, these, these ketone bodies that we're talking about have been shown to have an impact or influence the expression of over a thousand different genetic pathways. So we've got all these different genes and like the expression of our genes are, is ultimately what results in our long-term health and wellness. And when we go into a ketogenic state, these ketones actually lend to the expression of certain genes, including many anti-inflammatory pathways. So these ketones are driving genetic changes in our body that then lower inflammation. And I'm not just talking inflammation in the brain, I'm talking about inflammation systemically as well. So we can be talking about, um, you know, body pain. So that's, so that's one thing. It was like, if people have joint pain and they've got other, um, you know, other chronic pain associated conditions, a ketogenic diet can be fantastic for lowering those pain. And in fact, that was one of the major game changers in my own life. So, so these ketones will lower you know, will lower inflammation by literally impacting different genetic pathways. So I'll come back to that in just a minute with my own story, but ketones have also been shown to be highly neuroprotective. They literally help support and heal our brain, these ketone bodies. They have been shown to break down and block 
amyloid plaque, which is the placking that is associated with Alzheimer's. So again, anybody who's serious about brain health and healing a brain, repairing a brain, they've got to be on top of this. They have to be aware of the amount of carbohydrates they're eating and, and focusing on getting themselves into a ketogenic state. And it doesn't have to be like severely ketogenic. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a moment as well. Um, but so ketones, again, they've been shown to be neuroprotective. That is huge when it comes to healing and repairing a brain. On another really interesting note, th this is fairly cutting edge new information, but they've also been shown to decrease what's called intracellular sodium concentrations in the brain. But bottom line, this is what a lot of mood stabilizers do is they they play with the intracellular sodium concentrations in the brain so we have like these mood stabilizers for for treating things like um bipolar disorder for instance that a ketogenic diet has been shown to be highly highly effective and in fact we've even seen clients getting off some of these medications, some of these mood stabilizers when they're on a ketogenic diet because of the impact that it has, not just on brain inflammation, but also on the brain chemistry. So this is huge. Like this is, this is a massive piece of the puzzle when it comes to not just brain health, but our overall health. And I, I, in, in 20, 2009, I was in a massive, traumatic, devastating car accident. I, I don't think words can even begin to describe uh, what happened to me. I was, I was driving to work one day and I had gotten a, a person had stolen a car and they were trying to elude or escape the police and they decided to, to just cruise through a red light at high speed. I just so happened to be the first one in the line. So when the light turned green for me, I pulled out in the intersection and boom, right into my door. They believe it was believed they were doing about 50 miles an hour or so. And my body just completely exploded. It was completely crushed. I had well over 30 fractures. All the ribs on my left side were crushed. My pelvis was crushed. My left leg was, was shattered. I've got a rod in my leg to this day. Um, my, my scapula was broken. My sacrum, which we were always told in school, you, you'll never come across a broken sacrum. It's the strongest bone in the body. Well, I, I've come across one. In fact, it just so happens to be my own sacrum. So I broke my sacrum. And this was all musculoskeletal. That was just like surface level. What happened internally is, is incomprehensible. Both lungs collapsed filled with blood my liver was torn open and was hemorrhaging blood my diaphragm was was torn literally into pieces had to be had to be put back together but bottom line i mean i am an absolute walking miracle coming out of that i spent three and a half weeks in icu my miracle was nothing short of a recovery of, of a miracle my recovery no, nothing short of a miracle and yet in the coming years i had to recognize how my lifestyle was impacting inflammation because if my body got inflamed even a little bit i might not be able to show up in the office the next day it was just because of the severity of the injuries and 
I remember probably about three or four years after my accident, I was out walking the dog. I was in severe pain. My hip hurt, my sacrum hurt, my pelvis hurt, my leg hurt, like everything was hurting. And I was having a conversation with my wife. I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this. Like, I don't know how I'm going to keep showing up at the office, adjusting people, you know, seeing a tremendous amount of, of, you know, people every day in my office, like walking around, like I was on my feet. 10 and 12 hours a day, easy. I don't know how I'm going to keep doing that. Like at this pace, I'm not going to make it a, a few more years, let alone 20 or 30 years at this pace. And at this point, that this was when I decided to pull the trigger on a ketogenic diet. Now, I had already been low carb. My family and I, we, we'd been low carb for several years eating a paleo-based diet. When I decided, it's like, no, I got to take this to the next level and just see what's possible. So over the next few days, shaved out all the carbohydrates. Now, a basic ketogenic diet, I mean, it, it really doesn't have to be that complicated. It's like you have an animal protein, uh, a green cruciferous-like vegetable, uh, and a salad. And I mean, that it, it can be that simple. Like that is going to be a low enough carb to put most people into a ketogenic state. I mean, so a lot of people, they think about a ketogenic diet and they're like, you know, that's not healthy. You shouldn't be eating that ketogenic diet. Meanwhile, like, you know, they're, they're picking up fast food or something, but bottom line, it's like, there is a difference between a clean ketogenic diet and what I would consider a dirty ketogenic diet. So, you know, you'll get all the benefits of weight loss from a ketogenic diet, generally speaking, by eating burgers with cheese on it and bacon, for instance, but that's not necessarily the way you're going to get inflammation down. That's different. So, you know, you, we want to be veering, we want to be steering clear of that dirty keto and focusing on, you know, clean animal proteins, cruciferous vegetables, broccolis, asparagus, cauliflowers, kales, things of that nature, nice, healthy side salad. And I mean, that makes a, for a fantastic ketogenic meal. And then just depending on the type of animal protein you're eating, you may or may not need to add any fats to that as well. So, 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 so that's essentially what I moved into from a, you know, paleo diet. I was, I was eating a lot more fruits. I was eating higher starch foods like sweet potatoes, things of that nature. So I axed all of that. So I was eating animal proteins. I was eating cruciferous vegetables. And you know what was fascinating about this is that the first thing I noticed within probably 24 to 36 hours, I already noticed increased brain function. Like it was like, boom, I was like laser focused. I was shocked because I didn't do it for this reason. This wasn't, wasn't the intention behind why I was doing what I was doing. But, you know, within the first one to two days, and I'm already like locked and loaded brain wise, my like concentration, focus, mood, energy was up very quickly. I noticed change probably within the three to four day range. I started noticing significant improvement in like my body pain in my body was going down. So inflammation going down. And within the first week, I kid you not, I was probably 98% out of pain, like my pain had dropped massively. I was no longer having pain going for walks. I was not waking up, getting out of bed, feeling pain in my joints and whatnot. So 
yes, we're, we're banging the gong for a ketogenic diet for brain health. But the honest truth is, is that I got into the ketogenic diet because of the massive impact that it had on my inflammation levels in regard to my body and how good my body felt on this ketogenic diet. So, so essentially, we want to convert that body from a, a inflammatory sugar slash carb burning machine to a highly anti-inflammatory fat burning machine, getting ourselves into ketosis and really getting our body to a point where it's producing its own ketones because we know the impact that's going to have on both the brain and the body. And in fact, I was recently having a conversation with a, um, a neurosurgeon who works at the, uh, the, the Barrows Institute, in fact. So the Barrows Institute is one of the most prestigious uh, neurological institutes probably in, in, certainly in the country, maybe even in the world. But the conversation was around the fact that they were requiring everyone pre and post surgery. So these are neurological surgeries. So we're talking brain, spinal cord type stuff. But anyone before these surgeries, they were in fact required to go on a ketogenic diet because it had such a massive reduction in inflammation in the nervous system. So it reduced the inflammation in the brain and the nervous system, leading to much more efficient and successful surgeries. The outcomes were way better because the inflammation was so much lower. There was less likely to be any kind of side effects. The recoveries were much, much faster. So this is not entirely like brand new. Like there are medical doctors out in practice that are utilizing a ketogenic diet in order to increase the the outcomes to improve outcomes of their surgeries and their treatments and you know what we want to do is we want to improve the outcomes of our brain health and our body's health so ketogenic diet this is huge i encourage a great starting place i'd pick up a keto mojo online from amazon i don't know maybe cost about 50 dollars or so and you can start testing your ketones and you know, higher is not necessarily better. So this isn't necessarily have to be a high fat diet. There are benefits and there are you know, medical necessities. There are times when you want it to be a very high fat diet. So somebody who's actually you know, trying to reverse cancer, for instance, or somebody who has epilepsy, like those are the circumstances where you want very, very high levels of ketones where they've actually been shown to help reverse those disease processes. And therefore it requires a tremendously high amount of fat. Now for the average person who's just focusing in on overall health and well-being, lowering inflammation, brain health, it doesn't necessarily have to be super high fat. It just needs to be low carb. So again, choosing our, our lean proteins, well, you know, honestly, does, it probably doesn't really matter. You can eat fatty proteins, uh, you know, animal proteins. You're getting in your cruciferous veggies. You're getting in some salads with clean, healthy salad dressings with healthy fats like olive oil or avocado oil, for instance. Uh, you want to stay away from your canola oils your vegetable oils, your corn oils, there's gonna be highly inflammatory oils. 
So we start undoing some of the great work that we're doing. And then you're looking for your ketones to hopefully land. You know, you want them to ideally, you want, we want to get them above 1.0. If we can get them to 1.5 or even to two, that's fantastic. And if you have any trouble getting into this state, if you need some, some support, you can certainly find us online at my website. We do definitely, I do one-on-one consulting and we've got our brain plus program as well. So let's give it a shot if you haven't started already ketogenic diet it's the way to go to heal and repair a brain thanks for listening to the brain health podcast if you'd like more cutting-edge information on brain health you can follow me on facebook instagram and tiktok or simply head over to my website thebrainhealthdoctor.com if you love the show and want to support us please leave a five-star review on apple spotify or google thanks again for listening and see you next time